Hello and welcome to Beyond the Classroom, a podcast dedicated to telling the stories of community college students, mentors, faculty, and staff. Each episode, we will have on a unique guest who will tell us about their story and how the community college experience has played into it. I'm your host, Caden Radford, and today we have on the lovely Dr. John Gossett. Dr. Gossett is the current president of Asheville Buncombe Technical Community College and the former president of McDowell Technical Community College, where I earned my associate's degree in 2017. At the time, I served as student body president and worked with Dr. Gossett as the voice for the students. With that, let's jump into the interview. Thank you so much for joining me. If you could, could you start off just by introducing yourself and how you're connected to community colleges? Okay. My name's John Gossett. I'm the president of Asheville Buncombe Technical Community College. And why did you choose to work in community colleges and what led to your position now as a community college president? <laughs> Boy, that's a long story. Um, you know, to be honest, uh, I knew I wanted to be in higher education about the time I was finishing up my master's degree in business administration at Appalachian State, but I really didn't know, didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, just knew that higher ed was, was where I wanted to be. Uh, Malin Community College offered me a teaching job uh, beginning winter quarter, way back then in the quarter system. Uh, and I thought, well, I, you know, I, I've never taught before. We'll, we'll see. Well, let's, you know, let's, let's give it a go. Took me about, really about a month to realize that the community colleges especially rural community colleges can truly make a difference in, in people's lives. Um, the students I, were, I was teaching were not intellectually, they weren't any different than my classmates as an undergraduate or a graduate student, uh, but life happened to them or they chose not to you know, run off to the university. They, they chose to stay at home or they needed to stay at home. So uh, we could, I realized really quickly that the community colleges could make a real difference uh, in people's lives. You know, folks who uh, tend to go to university, they're going to be fine. Um, but we serve so many first generation college students, and it truly changed the trajectory of, of their families. So it uh, didn't take me long to fall in love with, with, the, with our industry. Awesome. Yeah. Throughout this podcast, we've talked to multiple different people from different backgrounds and how they've come to community college. And each guest has mentioned in some way a difficulty in balancing school with outside responsibilities and what it takes to really go back to school, especially as an adult learner. Um, how do you think that AB Tech helps students strike this balance uh, between the barriers that they're facing and getting through school? Wow. You know, um, I have to go back, you know, really to, to answer the question, what do you think about AB Tech? I came in the middle of the pandemic. I got here in July. Uh, I've met an awful lot of our employees, usually on the screen or behind a mask, and I'm not counting either of those as official meetings. You know, I'm only counting them when they're in 3D. <laughs> so, um, but what I have learned is, you know, the resources at AB Tech 
uh, are really vast. And uh, the challenge is to get our students to help, help our students understand what resources they actually have. Um, so, you know, specifically, we can assist students in, in every way uh, from entry to exit. Um, we can help them, you know, getting connected with our community partners, with uh, food, clothing, shelter, all of those basic needs, um, the resources and tutoring, the resources with equipment, supplies, laptops, whatever it is. If we don't have it, we don't, we don't have the, the resources here, we know who does and we can make those connections throughout the community. Awesome. And what are some of the ways that you help students know about these resources? Like they're there, but what is the, how, how does the turnover happen from we have this resource to students are using it and know that it's available to, to them? Constant challenge, constant challenge. Uh, you know, I think um, especially our younger students understand that email is for old folks. <laughs> so, you know, we, we think we're really connecting through email and, and we learn that, you know, the, they just don't open, open our emails. So uh, we're experimenting with text messaging. We're experimenting with uh, social media and trying to get our message out. Uh, you know, back 30 years ago, there was really, there was the phone and the newspaper and maybe, you know, if you had extra money, you could put your message on cable. Now there are so many ways to connect with our students and we are trying them all. And in a lot of ways, just the old fashioned phone call seems to really uh, make a difference. You know, students are telling us that they really appreciate that personal touch, especially through the pandemic. Um, so much of the communication is just what we're doing right now. And uh, while it's great to see you, it's not as personal as, as, it, as I think humans need it to be. So <laughs> yeah, just, just you know, phone calls are, are making a difference for us. Yeah, especially during the pandemic, it's been super hard to connect with students and keeping those communication lines open. And sort of following that line, um, you know, you said you came in as president right as COVID was starting, which I'm sure was a big challenge, but what are some of the lessons that you think you'll take from this time uh, being the community college president during COVID and how will that help make AB Tech better after COVID? Oh, I, um, I found, I don't think I still have it on my phone. I think it aged out. Um, course you do a, an awful lot of reading and there's an awful lot of thought leaders who are trying to give us advice about how to lead uh, our employees. One of the things that really stuck with me, um, assume positive intent. As we, as we have trouble communicating, you know, and, and golly, you're from um, uh, Mary and you're a small, small town. What people don't know, they make up. That's true. Therein lies the problem with communication. You've got to be very, very um, cognizant of what you say, how you say it. And when you don't know, don't assume negativity, assume positive intent. And that, that has really helped me 
um, you know, as, as I'm getting to know our community. The other thing that I have preached from the beginning is grace. Be graceful with each other. Be graceful to yourself. Cut yourself some slack. Yes, this is hard. You're not the only one going through it. We're all going through it. So let's get through it together. All of that um, fit in, and that's kind of my personality, but it fit in well with what was already planted uh, when before Dennis King retired, we had a, a RISE initiative, not the same thing the system office did with placement testing, but respect with integrity and support for everyone. That was here about a year before I got here. Grace fit in perfectly with that, assuming positive intent. We've got to stay positive as hard as that is. Um, but that that's really what I've preached all along, pushing my people to take time for themselves, pushing them to push their folk take time you've got to you've got to unplug you've got to take vacation um and even if it's you know like look i've had enough and and i got to be gone this afternoon <laughs> yes go <laughs> be blessed and, and get recharged however you want to do that um but yeah we've we've been um very aware that our people are wearing down physically, spiritually, emotionally, every which way you can wear down. And, and we're doing our best to be as gracious as we can um, with our expectations of them. Yeah, I think that uh, assume positive uh, intent is very important right now, just with everything that's happening to everyone around the world, you know, giving that grace is really helpful for a lot of people. Um, and I think another big theme in this podcast has been uh, the importance of connection and mentorship, especially when students are feeling isolated. Um, we've talked to uh, adult learners, we've talked to people who felt isolated because of their race in community colleges. And I think that really bridging that gap is important. Uh, what do you think community colleges could be doing better to help provide that mentorship for students that are feeling isolated, not just now, but in the future when they're in places that they may not feel like they belong, but helping them realize that they do belong there. Sure, I think that's a great question. Uh, even, you know, <clears throat> someone like me who spent my entire career in this industry, in this state, uh, the biggest mistake I make is to assume I know who our students are and I know what they're dealing with. Um, we have done, I think, a real good job here at AB Tech trying to scratch the surface of our data, taking a real hard look at it. So, for instance, um, you know, we look at our headcount and our headcount mimics our population. So, we assume that we're doing a pretty good job of attracting. Um, you know, people of color who, you know, may or may not have, have felt connected uh, to the community college. Well, uh, that's a good start. It, it, well, it's not even a good start. It's an average start. Let's take a look at our graduation rates. And we realize that we're not graduating people of color 
at the same rate they're entering. Okay, there's a problem. Uh, we take a look at our um, students who were purged uh, from registration because they haven't paid their tuition. Well, you know, at, at first glance, well, you know, the, the percentage rates are about the same as they always have been. So, okay, well, who is it? And we find out not only it's that it's people of color, but it's uh, female people of color. Okay, so let's let's dig into that. Let's lean in there and find out what we're not doing with that specific population to help them uh, get re-engaged and re-registered. Um, interesting enough, I had a, a meeting this morning with my research, my researcher, and she is really pushing me, and I think rightly so, on an issue, it's really a statewide issue, if someone owes us payment of some sort, they can't re-register. They can't pay for their uh, transcripts to go to another school. They can't get their transcripts to get a job. So what does that look like? What, what do they owe us? It could be as simple as a library fine. Well, really? Really? So we're, we're gonna turn those people over to the Department of Revenue who's gonna to try to track them down and spend a lot of energy and a lot of resources finding this person to get back a library fine, all right? I mean, they, they may owe us 20, book, 20 bucks in you know, library fees and we're gonna spend hundreds of dollars in state resources to get that $20 through the tax reimbursement. Come on, there, there's gotta be a simpler way to solve this problem. So um, yeah, she, she's impressed upon me. Let, let's, let's really, instead of just kind of scratching into that, let's really get a, a backhoe and dig into that issue and, and find out what we're truly, truly looking at and what kind of resources is it gonna mean? Yeah, pay it, paying back AB Tech, paying back the state of North Carolina. Yeah, I mean, that's revenue but opening back up options for our students who we have shut the door on because of state law. If we can get them graduated, get them with a credential so they can get a job, what's gonna be the payback over their lifetime in you know, payroll tax revenue, sales tax revenue, because they're making more money, they can purchase more goods and services, are we being too short-sighted on this issue? So again, we talked about that two hours ago. <laughs> so that, yeah, they're like, now we're now, you know, I'm, I'm not just trying to worry about how we can get more students in for next semester. Let's talk about what we can do to truly move the needle in North Carolina. That's an exciting conversation to have. Yeah, and being able to have those deep conversations about the root of issues in community colleges is super important and something that I've been trying to do with this podcast. And I think that it's great to see that there are colleges out there that are really getting into the meat of that problem and helping students really succeed. Um, one other question, just 
in general, what's one thing that you would like listeners to know about community colleges and how they operate? We, we serve so many citizens of North Carolina um, from, we, we have a, a, a fairly robust um, Russian Ukrainian population in, in Asheville. We're helping them learn the English language all the way to our students who want to become physicians, realize that they've got a long road, road ahead of them and they're trying to save money and we're working with them toward university transfer, helping people with short-term credentialing so they can go straight into the workforce, you name it. And, and we are literally the one-stop shop for education. And serve such a vital role to the citizens of North Carolina. 700,000 citizens every year come through our doors for one reason or another, 58 colleges. Um, we are, you know, have such a huge presence in every county, but the rural counties, you know, it really makes a difference. We serve Madison County and, you know, in, in a lot of ways, our campus up there is the community hub and, and we, take that very, very seriously to serve those people just as well as we serve them here in Asheville. Yeah, it really shows the versatility of a community college and what that can mean for the people in the community to have that resource. Oh, wow. Yes, very much so. Um, if you could give one piece of advice to a student who's about to enter the community college system and is overwhelmed by all of the things, trying to figure out how to get in. What is one thing that you would say to that student to help them feel better and feel prepared to start in a community college? <laughs> sure, sure. You know, um, I think there's a, a, it's not a stigma, it's, it's a rumor that professors are out to out to get their students. We're trying to weed out students. It's, and, and that's not community college, that's whole of higher ed. Uh, our faculty do not get rewarded for running students off. Our faculty get rewarded for keeping students in. So while there is still that, that power structure of the faculty student and, and the grade as it, as it relates to that, that power construct, your faculty are there to help you. Student services people are there to help you. Don't be afraid to ask the questions. We hear the same questions a lot, but you ask it for the first time as a student. Be bold in asking those questions because we want you to succeed. We want you, um, to go into the world, pursue your dreams, and, and just do so very much of what you want to do, we are here to help. That's great advice. Um, and as sort of an extension of that, and as just a final question, um, I was the uh, student body president during my time and your time at McDowell Tech, and really those board of trustee meetings are 
what got me into being interested in educational equity and really being at the table for those conversations. And now, as I'm about to graduate on Sunday, <laughs> I'm wondering if you have one piece of advice that you could give to a student like me who's about to exit college and enter the world beyond that. And what is just one thing that you might say to someone in my position? <laughs> Stay in school. <laughs> no, no, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> um, you know, well, the 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 first job is the hardest job to get. Okay, um, that that's advice I wish somebody had given me. Don't be afraid to start at the bottom of the org chart and learn everything there is to learn. Wherever you go to work, be willing to volunteer, be willing to learn. And then the real secret to life, solve your boss's problems for them. You want to stand out, you want to get promoted, you want to, you know, get pats on the back, solve your boss's problems for them. Um, that will get you noticed more than anything else. And that makes you valuable <laughs> more than anything else. So that, that's the advice I give. Well, thank you so much. I will definitely carry that with me into the next few months of my life. Well, thank you so much for interviewing with me today. It was a pleasure, as always, to speak to you. Uh, it's good to see you again. So glad that we got to reconnect. <laughs> Very much so. If, and Kay, if there's anything I can do for you, let me know. All right. Thank you so much. I'll definitely have to, to come visit sometime when everything's a little more normal. I've still got family in Marion, so Asheville's just a hop and a skip away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please do. That'd be great. That'd be great. Well, that's all for today. Thanks so much for tuning in to the last episode of Beyond the Classroom. Please leave a comment if you enjoyed today's episode, and follow Awake58 on Twitter at Awake58NC for more community college news and stories. Beyond the Classroom was made by me, Caden Radford, and I would like to thank Jim Hall for the song Trapped in the Upside Down from the Free Music Archive. I'd also like to thank the Ed and C team for supporting this project, and thank you listeners for tuning in.